Well, I almost feel like praying for those wings that our brother was preaching about. Sometimes we just rather fly over somewhere uh, and uh, give this space to someone else that we feel is more qualified and uh, uh, better equipped to uh, interest our folks and tell them what they need to hear. But we certainly enjoyed that wonderful message and all the messages that we have heard since we've been here. Blanchard has been a wonderful place in my life and my family's life through the years. And I appreciate you good folks. Uh, <clears throat> I'll try to uh, uh, be brief here. But uh, let's go to the book of St. Luke. My, if we could just store all these good things up and maybe we can at least uh, get part of them, not let all of them slip from us. Uh, we hear so many good things, it's hard to remember everything. But uh, isn't it good that we can come together and be revived and encouraged? And, uh, you know, when we have these particular trials, and, and uh, that's, just, uh, that's just human life to everyone. And, um, but we can join in with others. I remember the first camp meeting I ever went to was Elko, Illinois. My wife lived in Southern Illinois and we moved down from Chicago and somebody told us about the old camp meeting there and we went and um, they had some little old rooms there. And, and um, so uh, uh, <clears throat> we got a bed, a little room the bed was more like a hammock than a bed, uh, and the children were small, so four of us slept in it. And there's just a real thin wall, and the fellow on the other side sounded like he was sawing wood with a chainsaw. And they had a six o'clock prayer meeting, and I was ready to get up for the six o'clock prayer meeting. But I want to tell you what I fell in love with camp meeting. And um, so through the years, we have, I, I wouldn't know how many camp meetings we have attended, but we've always been refreshed, and uh, it's been beneficial to us to uh, go to camp meetings. Uh, good to see each one of you and shake your hand and have your fellowship. So uh, if you'll turn with us to the book of St. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57 we're going to read just a little bit here and uh, I'll try to uh, say something that will be a benefit to us hopefully the Bible said it came to pass that as they went in the way a certain man said unto him Lord I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest that's a pretty big statement isn't it I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not word to lay his head. And um, he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, 
no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to try to preach just a little while on the test of discipleship. We get our word discipline from disciple. Amen. And um, we, we, when we, when we join a military uh, group, we learn, first of all, what discipline is. I happened to be in the Navy, and I learned that a ship was not a boat, but it was a ship. You didn't, you, if you wanted to make a sailor mad, just call his ship a boat. A boat is not a ship. A boat can't carry a ship, but a ship can carry a boat. A boat is not a seagoing vessel. Amen. A ship didn't have floors, it had decks. It didn't have walls, it had bulkheads. The ceiling was another deck. Amen, and so on. Stairways were ladders, and so you learned a whole new vocabulary. A bucket was a pail, and so on. And one old boy said when he got saved, he lost about two-thirds of his vocabulary. Well, that's the two-thirds he need to lose. Amen? Oh, yeah, when we, when we get saved, everything's different. Everything's different. Praise God. And we learn, we learn what discipline is. I remember the first time I stood uh, guard duty. They had me guarding the, the bathroom with a stick that was cut out to look like a rifle. And I said, now, this, if this ain't stupid, why? I mean, are they afraid somebody's going to steal the lavatories and the commodes? I mean, what am I doing here? But what they were trying to teach me is discipline. Amen. They, they had sense enough not to give me a loaded rifle. I, I, I'm standing there half asleep. I'd be like Peter. I'd, I'd go into action. I, the reason why Peter cut that old boy's ear off is half asleep. You mean, you mean he meant to cut his ear off? No, he meant to bust his head wide open, but he'd been asleep and his aim was bad. So God teaches us discipline. Stay awake. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So uh, we get caught up in the euphoria and the excitement of others' experience and, and, you know, there was throngs around Jesus all the time. Some for real needs in their body, they were seeking help. Some, amen, for the loaves and fishes. Some because uh, there was a crowd and they, they, they just was there with the crowd. Amen. But uh, if you will look in the book of Matthew, this certain man that said, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest, you will find that he is a scribe. And a scribe was some of Jesus' most ardent antagonizers. Amen. And they challenged him over and over. Amen. So uh, this, this man said, I'll follow you. And most, I, I think probably that he said it, he said it out of... Uh, uh, Mockery. He really didn't mean it in his heart. You know, hey, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you go. 
but he really didn't mean it. Amen. So I want to try to preach to us on Jesus tests our sincerity. Are you sincere about serving God today? Amen. Listen, folks, if we're not sincere, amen, first thing you know, there'll be a trial that'll knock us out of the boat, and we won't be serving the Lord any longer. Amen. There's no boy camp meeting. Oh, he's shouting and said, I'd rather be here than anywhere in the world. And um, a little while after service dismissed, he had it closed, headed to the car. Somebody said, hey, I thought you'd rather be here than anywhere in the world. He said, well, I, I, I did a while ago. His, whole, his bucket had a big hole in it. Amen. God is going to test our sincerity to see whether we're sincere uh, uh, if we're going to serve the Lord or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, God help us. Amen. I remember when uh, God called me to preach and I'd, I was preaching a little bit on the street corners of of uh, Chicago, we had an old sister in our church we called Mother Fishley, and she'd take us out on a street corner, and we'd take our guitars and accordions and tambourines, and we'd sing and play and invite people in church. And I'd done a little preaching, you know, in the church and around there, but, but not very much. And uh, so uh, along about 1956, I was wanting to get out of the city, and... Um, get my family out of the city. I saw where it was, where it was headed, and I, I wanted to raise them in a better place. So uh, my, my brother-in-law had a uh, milk route, and uh, one was coming up for sale, so he told me about it. Well, I prayed about it. I really did. I really prayed about it. And I really felt like it was God's will to do that. But when I got down there, Quit my job, moved my furniture and everything, got down to southern Illinois, and God got to dealing with me, don't do this. I'm trying to preach to us about sincerity. Amen. I, Lord, I'm willing to follow you. Whether I'd answered the call, but I didn't feel like I had the faith to just step out and trust God wholeheartedly. Amen. Amen. So God... God wasn't deceiving me. I just didn't see the whole picture. It was God's will for me to quit that job, Brother Dave and Burnett, and get me a loose to where I could really lean on Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, we, we, can't, we can't see the whole picture. We can't see very far down the road. And we don't even understand everything about what we see. Amen. So after got down there, God got to dealing with me. Don't do this. This is not my will. And, and I'm telling you, I was in a dither. I didn't know what to do. And the Lord telling me, don't sign that contract. Don't sign that contract. And I'm arguing with the Lord about I've got to make a living for my family. He that provideth not for his own denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Amen. It's a, it's a sight how much scripture you can think of when you're trying to do your own will. Amen. And so there I was. I, I didn't know what to do. So here I am speeding down the highway quarter to four in the morning, try to learn my milk route. And way off in the distance between Marion and Carbondale, Illinois, there's a huge lake there, Carbondale Lake, uh, Crab Orchard Lake. And uh, 
I see something down there. And they'd walked right out in the middle of the road and stood right there and waited. And that thing had Bill Tinsley rode all over it. Great big old buck deer. I was fixing to cross one of them bridges. I hit that only, only deer I ever killed in my life. Big old buck deer. I hit that big buck deer, slid all the way across that bridge, up on the guardrails, clipped off three posts, nosedived in the lake. And I want to tell you, when Jonah crawled out of the lake, I made me an altar right there at the side of Route 13. I can take you to it to this day. I prayed through to God's will. It's car streaming by, going, amen, to work, amen. Lord, I'll do you, I'll go wheresoever thou goest. I'll do your will no matter what it is, amen. Pray, I didn't care what they thought about me. There was a funny farm not too many miles from there. They probably thought I was an escapee from there. It didn't matter, amen. I had business to take care of. Praise God, I had something to settle that was serious, amen. And I settled it that day, amen. Folks, I have wondered at different times there's times I've been at this place this brother preached about this morning, but I want to tell you, I just got back close to Jesus and got his will in my life, and I'm still with him today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I, Lord, I, I'll, I'll follow thee where there's forever thou goest. Jesus didn't paint no rosy pictures for him. He told him like it was, if you follow me, You'll spend some nights alone in the mountain praying. It ain't going to be pine cake all the way. Their offerings ain't going to be big all the time. Amen. You may have to sleep in a haystack somewhere. It may not be the best motels. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you what. There are some that have suffered that we might hear what we have heard. Amen. Oh, God. Amen, them old circuit riding preachers and their feet froze in the steps, stirrups of the old, old saddle stirrups, amen, going to preach another message. Read about one that had a dime, and he used that to buy some oats for his horse. Spread out his coat on the ice, poured the oats on it so his horse could eat it, and then got on and rode on to the next appointment to preach the gospel. Are we sincere about, Lord, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Amen. Early on in 1960, uh, of course, I'm just a country boy. I, I told them people up there at that Bible college, I hadn't had a whole lot of experience preaching at Bible colleges. I I never was invited but to one in the late 50s. You might have heard of Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. I was invited to come there in the late 50s and fire them up. Their boiler was broke down. And I worked for the boiler works. I might could do a better job working on your boiler than I could up here trying to preach to you. But I was reminded that someone was visiting Spurgeon's great metropolitan church and, and uh, 
he was showing them around, and he said, one of these, uh, this visitor said, where is your powerhouse? They used to build the, the boiler houses and the powerhouses out from the church. And he opened a door to a huge prayer room, and there was, I, I, I'm afraid to say because I, I, I'm forgetful, but there was a huge crowd of people in there praying. He said, here's my powerhouse. Here's my powerhouse. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Well, so anyway, let me hurry here. We shouldn't say that probably. I, uh, that probably takes away uh, people's attention from what we're trying to say. But, but nevertheless, uh, we, we don't want to hinder you and we don't want to bore you. Amen. But folks, there's some things we have to settle in our hearts whether we're going to serve God or not. Amen. And uh, so, you know, when I, when, I, when I prayed through on the side of Route 13, and uh, my brother-in-law, I told my brother-in-law that day, I said, uh, I'm not signing that contract. The only new car I ever owned in my life, folks, is out there in the, in the lake. Right, 52 Plymouth. And uh, I said, I'm not signing that contract. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to preach. Where are you going to preach? I don't know. That's God's business. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, if you stay close to the man with the keys, you won't have to chase key men. Amen. And God can open doors for you that you never dreamed possible. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So anyway, I thought, well, you know, I've settled it. Man, I'll have all kinds of requests to come and preach. Amen. My mailbox will be full of invitations. There's a boy that goes to Brother Lindo's church over here. I'm, I, I mistook him for some other boy. And uh, I thought he was a preacher. That's been years ago. And uh, I asked him one night, I said, are you preaching much? And he's not even a preacher at all. But So that's kind of a, a, a little joke with us, you know. And I said something to his wife last night. I said, has he been preaching much lately? I said, you're going to have to be pray praying for this boy. He said, I ain't getting no invitations. Well, I didn't either. I, I'd surrender to the call, but I wasn't getting no invitations. Brother Dave. <laughs> and uh, so this big wildlife refuge there, I'd moved over near where I had a wreck. And so one day I told my wife, I said, I'll be back in a little bit and I'll help you with the wash. She still had an old ringer washer and had to draw the water and put in it and all that stuff. And so I was going to help. Didn't have a job. Might as well help my wife wash clothes. Amen. So it took a little longer to pray through than I thought it would. So I was over there a good while. But I want to tell you what. I prayed through. And the Lord showed me something that is very important. He called his disciples. He taught his disciples. And he sent his disciples. Wasn't no use to send me till I learned a few things. Amen? Praise the Lord. But he gave me this assurance. Fear not, son. I'm with you. And I'm not going to leave you. And I'm not going to forsake you. Praise the Lord. Brother, I took that. I took a hold on that. I got my old car and I headed for the house. Praise God. 
and I got stuck in one of the biggest mud holes over there. But that's no problem to a fellow that's got the victory. Amen. I just got out, thank God, singing, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." I got my jack out of the car. I got me some chunks. I jacked up the old car, amen, uh, and, and throwed some chunks on the wheel. Got in the car and revved up the motor, throwed all the chunks out from under the wheel and beer a little deeper in the mud. I done that until my jack just bent over. I couldn't jack it up anymore. And so I just throwed the jack in the trunk, closed the trunk, started out walking across the, across the field. And the devil got up close enough to me. He said, now do you feel like the Lord's still with you? He just told me right over, don't fear. I'm going to be with you and I ain't going to forsake you. I said, yes, you devil. And I said, if I could, I'd kick you on the shin and let you take that on down to hell for a bouquet of roses. Brother, And when I said that, amen, the devil left me. And Jesus, I never had an experience like this in my life. Amen. Jesus come and got me by the hand. Amen. We went walking out across that field. Glory to God. Brother, I want to tell you, I was rejoicing and magnifying the Lord. Hallelujah. Because God not only had spoken to me and I went on his promise, he come to fulfill his promise. Hallelujah. Oh, are you sincere about serving Jesus this morning? Praise God. We shouted, amen. I don't know if the Lord shouted or not, but he had me by the hand, and I sure was. Amen. Glory. And when that subsided, amen, the Lord went his way, and I went my way, and I walked on over here, and here come a Jeep driving up to me. And he stopped. I spoke to him, good morning. I said, you going fishing? No, he said. Uh, I said, going hunting? He said, no. I don't really know why I came out here. I said, I do. I said, one of the Lord's children's over here in a mud hole needs a little pull. Huh? God sent a man out there that didn't even know why he's going. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God if he said, I'll be with you. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. Hallelujah. Brother, you can stand on it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I heard about one young preacher come in. He is disappointed, hadn't got no meetings and came in and parked his trailer. Amen. Started going to the bar. After a while left his wife. I don't know how many women he's had. But I tell you, he didn't have much to hold to. The Bible said hold fast. Amen. To the profession of your faith. Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering for he that promised is faithful. Praise God. Brother, I'll tell you what. When God gave me something, it was more than that. Sure, I've had some breakdowns, but I come in and patched them up and went back out and preached again. Told Brother Dan, Brother Tommy coming down here Tuesday. I had a blowout. God didn't promise he'd, that he'd bless my tires, that they'd never, I'd never have a blowout. I've had several blowouts. I was down in Broxton Camp meeting one, one time, and 
Brother Mims wanted me to come over there at Soper and preach for him that Saturday night. And I told him, Brother Mims, I'm just wore out. Please forgive me this time. I, I, I think I'll go on over to my, where we're sto- supposed to start over at Union City or whatever it is. And I missed my turn. And I headed for Soper instead of the other place. And I had went no place, no distance hardly at all until my van quit. And I was pulling a big trailer. And I seen this little old road. And I heard it down that little road and up there. And there's a big old shop up there. And I went up there. I didn't know the man was a backslid preacher. God let me break down right by a back, black, uh, backslidden preacher's house. Amen. That's right. Because he needed somebody else to tell him. You don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay there. God wants to bring you out. He wants to give you the victory. Amen. His little wife come in from shopping after a while, brought us some ice water down there. Oh, hot August weather. They can have it down there in South Georgia, can't they? Amen. Nats everywhere. Amen. And she brought us some good ice water. And she poured her heart out to us. Amen. My husband's backslid. My children's backslid. I'm just barely hanging on. But God let me break down right by their house. Hallelujah. Had to use their phone to call for help. But I want to tell you what, brother. Oh, God wanted me to plug into the telephone of heaven and call some help down for these poor souls that's backslid. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Had a blowout just fixing to get on 240. And uh, I said, Lord, I need some help. I don't know what to do. I had a spare, but I didn't know if I could change it by myself or not. So I eased on, got on the side of the highway, and eased on, flumpity, 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 flumpity. And got up there and got off at the first road. Seen a big old building down there and a bunch of school buses parked down there and other equipment. So I drove in their parking lot. I walked in there, it's just about noon. They was quitting to eat dinner. Fellow said, Can I help you? I said, Well, you might. I got a flat tire. Blow the tire on that motorhome. Man spoke up, said, I'll take care of that. Cranked the truck up, drove out there and cranked up that old air compressor. Bless God. Throwed a jack on there and raised that thing up and got them old air tubes off. You know, out, you know, and had that thing off in no time, amen, and changed it and said, would you come in and eat dinner with us? We got grilled hamburgers and beans and we got sweets and we got chips. Praise God, I went in and ate with them, amen. Oh, hallelujah, amen. Can't beat that, can you? Huh? Praise the Lord. Oh, you can't beat that. Oh, he's took good care of me. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Well, he tests our sincerity. Then, I, then the Bible said, Jesus said unto uh, one, follow me. Jesus is looking for followers. He's wanting us to make disciples. You can teach people and have pupils, but Jesus is wanting us to disciple folks. As Brother Bernard said yesterday, by example. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Follow me. And in order to follow Jesus, 
we got to, amen, we got to be good followers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Follow me. But he said, Lord, sup me first and go and bear my father. Jesus said, let him, de let him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now, I hope you don't fall out with me here too much anyway. But I don't believe this man's daddy was dead. If he had been, he'd have been home mourning with the family. But what he's saying is, Lord, you wait until after my father dies and I bury him and I get my share of the old 40, amen, and I, and I get my part of the bank account. Praise God. Get on easy street. And I won't have to, uh, you know, I can just, I can trust you then. Huh? One fellow I, I used to, well, I, I started to say I used to pastor. But you can't hardly pastor folks that don't come to church. I mean, it just don't hardly work that way. Now, in, in, in his mind, I was his pastor. He told folks I was his pastor. And he liked me, and I liked him. He was a good guy in a, in a lot of ways. But he just did not feel that he had time to go to church. He had a little old job just of pumping gasoline, and, and uh, uh, he didn't pay very much, and he felt like he needed to put in all the hours. But he said, Brother Tinsley, when I retire, I'm going to go to every camp meeting I can go to. I'm going to go to every service I can go to. I'll be here all the time. I'll be here at church. But I just can't do it right now. Amen. Listen, folks, we cannot pick our time and our place where we serve God. Amen. If God's calling us to do something, we have to do it then. Today is a day of salvation. Where quality is called the day for a night cometh when no man can work. I was invited back to preach a homecoming there after I left that church. And, and uh, he came around to me and said, Brother Bill, i got to ask you to forgive me. I failed you. I failed myself. I failed my family. He said, I, you see, I told you I couldn't come to church. But I should have because I got cancer now and I'm dying and I don't have long to live. Amen. Don't you try to pick your time and your place when you're going to live for God. Amen. That fool that wrote that song, Me and Jesus, has got our own thing going. Amen. I want to tell you what, you'll be a fool if you fo follow that. Amen. Him and Jesus didn't have their own thing going. Amen. Jesus made the plan of salvation. He died for our sin. He shed his blood for our sin. Thank God rose for our justification. And if we're going to get there, it'll be that way and no other way. There's only one way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus touches, he tests our loyalty. Amen. When Jesus had preached that great message on the bread of life, and said that he was that bread that came down from heaven. Except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And the Bible said that many of his disciples were offended at it. Amen. And said this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Amen. And they went back and followed him no more. Jesus looked at the twelve and he said, will you go away also? Now folks, we'll have a, an opportunity to prove our loyalty to Jesus. We see others 
leaving holiness and leaving the right way and going to other things. Amen. I've rubbed elbows with the oneness doctrine, school of prophecy, and all those things. Amen. A lot of it I didn't know anything about it all. God just kept me and kept me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I didn't know nothing about their doctrine. But God kept me, amen, that I didn't wind up in some false doctrine because I was asking him to keep me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, you know, we was going to this little old storefront building church in Chicago, and there's just a mixture of people of different nationalities. And they kind of sung traditional style, you know. What it, it didn't sing like us hillbillies. I I mean, they sung slow and formal and dragged out. Amen. And, uh, boy, I didn't like it at all. Oh, I want to see him. You know, and they just drag it out. But <clears throat> we had some folks come visit us one time. They'd just come in there from eastern Oklahoma. I mean, eastern uh, Kentucky and West Virginia. And they got up to sing, and man, they sung some of them old Claude Ely songs. Now, I, I, I love that, brother. Whew, man, a lot. I thought, man, that's, that's where I want to go to church. So there's a little something stirring in our church, and, and uh, we was praying about it, but seemed like it's going to go bad, you know. And, and uh, so we, let's go over where them, them holy rollers are. Man, I love their singing. And we got over there real early and found a place. I looked over at my wife. I said, how do you feel? She said, not too good. How do you feel? I said, about like a sheep killing dog. I said, let's just go home. Let's go back to home church. Praise God. And you know what? God was so good to us. They had a big blow up right there in that church uh, where, you know, we thought they was so spiritual and singing so good. They had a big blow up. And we was young Christians that had been right in the middle of it, folks. And might have knocked us plumb out. Amen. But God just put an uneasiness there that we just went back to the home church. Amen. No, they weren't really holiness. Amen. But they had some good things about them they taught us. And we weren't nothing. And so we got what teaching. And then we'd read the word of God. Amen. My wife wore jewelry. I wore jewelry. She cut her hair. She painted her lips. I didn't, but she did. I, I mean, you know, and, and we just read into much of the wholeness that we come to. Amen. We finally got our jewelry down to we didn't have nothing left but our wedding ring. And she didn't hardly want to depart with that. So I went on a fast. I never had fasted. But uh, I fasted. Three days and nights without food or water. Talk about it. I never saw no angels. I never had no visions except big, long, foot-long hot dogs. Things like that. Man, I would have rather had a drink of water than to own the whole county. Amen. 
And here I was, fasting and still wearing my ring. So when the fast was over, and I was headed for that old water bucket, my wife met me, and she just stuck her hand out and said, you put it on, pull her off. So I pulled her off. I stuck mine out. I said, pull her off. She pulled her off. Amen. We laid them up. We didn't lay them up and put them back on. If, it, if I hadn't felt like it had been sin, if somebody else wore them, I'd have sold them, give the money to the missionaries. But I don't know where they are. They're somewhere. But we never had them back on. I told folks up, uh, up east one time I was preaching, you women folks want to prove that you're married, just get, get married and have about eight or ten little young'uns. Them following you around like a bunch of little goslings up there at Walmart, they'll either know you're married or you ought to be. Huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to test our loyalty. Amen. Are you going to go away also? Peter said, to whom could we go? Amen. Yeah, you can go back to the world. You can go back to the slot bucket. Amen. You can go back to the bars and the honky-tonks. What's that going to help you any? Amen. It's not going to help you any. Amen. You can't even just quit church and sit at home by yourself. Amen. And live for God. The Bible told us to assemble together. Not to forget it. Not to forget it. As a matter of some is already. Amen. Folks, we need one another's fellowship. We need to hear one another's testimonies. We need to be in the service where the Spirit of God moves among us. We need to see God heal the sick. We don't see enough of it, but we need to see that. God is still in the healing business. He's still in the saving business. Friend, God hasn't forsaken us. Amen. Let the dead bury their dead. So the Lord showed me. He called his disciples. He taught his disciples, and then he sent his disciples. And I'd go back over there, Brother Neil, and I'd pray, and I'd pray, and this scripture kept coming to me, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And, you know, I even got to wonder if God was calling me to be a missionary to Macedonia. I didn't know where Macedonia was in the world. I didn't know what language they spoke. I didn't know what uh, food they ate. That's pretty important. Amen. I didn't know what kind of clothes they wore. But, you know, I got willing to go to Macedonia. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I, I'd been out. There was an older couple we'd met, and they were singers. And Bonnie and I went with them, and we'd visit around and sang some and, and, uh, and trying to find out where the Lord wanted us to go to church. And uh, so I'm, we met this one brother, and he, uh, he said, come, come down and preach for me sometime. Come see me sometime. Well, I was such a novice, I didn't even ask him, you know, where he preached and where he was at or anything about it. I just, I said, well, thank you, and left it at that. So one day I saw this older brother, and I said, where does this brother Ellis pastor at? Why, he said, little old church down in Macedonia. Well, I said, that's where the Lord been trying to get me. 
And you know, when I got down there, they spoke the same language I did. Amen. I didn't have to have an interpreter. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And we had a revival. Oh, yeah, we had a revival. Praise God. Glory to God. During that time, though, that I was waiting upon the Lord, the, hey, the, them wings that brother's preaching about, amen, this is the kind of wings I need. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. That's the kind of wings I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I've, I've, I've thought about those others too that time, brother, and I've, I've been right there with David, I'm sorry to say. Amen. I'd just like to lift it all. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's been times, Pastor, and if I'd have had a truck, I might have loaded up during the night and moved. Amen. But I didn't have one, so I just waited till daylight and prayed through. Amen. And stayed with them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Then the Bible said, Another said, Lord, I'll follow thee, but first let me go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus not only going to test our sincerity and our loyalty, he's going to test our love. Amen. We can love something so dearly at times, but after a while, it, it's just old commonplace to us. We don't love it anymore. Amen. A child wants to do uh, a man's work when he's a child, but when he gets big enough to work, he don't hardly want to do that. Huh? Oh, yeah. When I first started plowing, man, I, I was in tall clover. Now, I want to tell you, amen, I loved it. I thought I was really a big man. I thought I was doing something. Amen. But there come a time I got tired of it. And I didn't want to plow all that much. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the Bible said, He that put his hand to the plow and looked back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I remember that I learned a very important lesson when I was about 12 years old. My first plow, well, I, I plowed a little, but not by myself. I was living with this old couple working for him. Uncle Tom took me back out to the back side of the, at 100 acres there and laid off the land. Had two big old mules, biggest mules I ever saw. And he turned me loose. He said, all right, son, it's yours. Just go ahead and plow. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, I, I thought I had, had everything under control. Them old mules no knew more about plowing than I did. And uh, they were just stepping her off, you know, and that old sod was just rolling, you know. And all at once, I hit a stump. Under the ground, I didn't see it. But Uncle Tom showed me how to get out of the stump. Just back that old team up, you know, and then work that old plow a little bit, you know, and, and just pull it out. But, but, folks, I couldn't work that old plow. It wouldn't budge. I mean, it was bearded up solid in that stump. Amen. Now, I could have just took them old reins and, and uh, 
laid it on them old mules and they had enough power about them, they'd either broke the plow or tore up the stump. Amen, or maybe both. But I, I didn't do that. When I used every effort I had, then I did what probably most every little 12-year-old boy do. I went around, I sat down on the beam of that old plow, and I cried until I couldn't cry. I didn't want to go to the house and tell them I'd gotten stumped and couldn't get out. Amen. And it's not wrong to cry. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it helps to see how helpless we are. Amen. As long as we feel self-sufficient in ourselves, we're not going to turn it over to him that can take care of everything. And while I was sitting there, Brother Leroy, and I got through with my little bawling spell, something just hit me. Well, you ain't got no problem. I took them old mules loose from that plow, took a trace chain from one of them's gear, amen, hooked it to the back of that old plow and hooked one of that other mule to it and said, get up, boom, just popped right out, hooked the team back up, never said a word to nobody about it, went on and plowed, praise God, like I'd never been in a stump. That's what God wants us to do, amen. You'll hit some stumps out there, amen. Praise God, yeah, you can go get you a stick of dynamite and blow it up, and you might blow up grandma and all the church with it. Amen? Or uh, you can just use the power that God has put at our disposal and let him get you out of the stump and go on around the stump. You know what? We planted corn right over that stump and raised a crop right over that stump. Brother, if you're in a stump, just get out and go on and plow for the glory of God. Jesus said uh, to uh, Peter, and he said, uh, you know, the disciples didn't understand everything about Jesus' ministry here on earth, his death and his resurrection, amen. And, and when Jesus wasn't there, amen, Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. The other said, I'll go with you. And they, they went out and toiled all night. You know how it is, Amen. But in the morning, Jesus was on the bank with some fish on the coals. Children, have you anything to eat? And after they had eaten, he said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Now, I don't really believe that he's asking, you love me better than Neil Bridges? You love me better than this flower boy? You love me better than Jeff Wilshire? Because he's not trying to stir up emulation. Do you love me more than these boats, these nets, these fish, this thing of the world that you know how to do, this job that God was trying to get me to turn loose of? And, and, and I couldn't have trusted him until I turned loose and spent almost all of my money and got out there where I had to trust God. Amen. Glory. And just, Brother Dale, I didn't know what to do but keep a praying and preach every time I could. Amen. Oh, I told a boy a while back, he resigned his church, got discouraged. I said, Brother, don't quit praying and don't quit preaching. Keep a praying and keep a preaching. 
Amen. I didn't have no invitations, and right now I didn't have no job. I didn't know what to do. They started a little old meeting in a church house, in a house church. Amen. And uh, they had one of these charismatic preachers come that, uh, that uh, the preacher said, Now he can tell you everything about yourself. Uh, he can even tell you your name. Well, right then, I, I didn't have no trouble remembering who I was. I knew my name. I, I might have to have somebody tell me later. I hope not. But anyway, right then, I needed to know some other things besides my name. Yes, Amen. And so he said, now, if he tells you anything, it's going to be that way. But I guess God forgot to tell him he's going to be sick the next night and wasn't going to be there at church. And I was out in the woodshed praying. And the Lord gave me a message to preach up there. So I went that night, and sure enough, that great man that God showed everything, amen, he was sick and couldn't be there. So guess who got to preach? Amen. So let's get out of the stump and just get back out to plowing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I, you know I love you. Feed my, feed my sheep. Amen. Peter, do you really love me? Yes, I do. Amen. Feed my lambs. I'll tell you, there's a lot of lambs out there. There's a lot of sheep out there. There's a lot of sheep out there. Amen. That needs somebody to preach to them. Needs somebody to feed them. Feed them. They're dying. They need somebody to feed them. Praise God. And Jesus is wanting to know if we love him more than this world. God bless you.